Tales Roadhouse. We are sitting in the bus uh, with DJ Silver. Yes, sir. Uh, heir to the Purdue Farms fortune. Yeah, if I would, <laughs> I wouldn't be on this bus, homie. No offense. <laughs> I always tell people you spell my last name like the college, not the chicken. <laughs> it's good to see you, brother. Oh, uh, man, happy to have you out. We've been talking about it all year. Uh, we've been out. Uh, we had a show last night with uh, Jason Aldean, and, and DJ's been out here doing all this stuff for a long time. 12 when did, years. When did we first meet? Was it at WSM? Oh, man, I don't know. We got really drunk on your bus, though. I yeah, I mean, where our paths have crossed. We shared, we shared uh, uh, space with Big D and Bubba for a while, That's you right. know. So we, I, used to we, get to see you, I used to get to see you every week. I know, yeah. But uh, things, have, things have been good for you, man. Yeah, How good. many people do you think you've DJed in front of in the past 15 uh, years? Millions. 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 Isn't that amazing. It's crazy how, you know, you meet people like Brian O'Connell changes your life and you're in front of 30,000 people every day. Every day. You know every what I mean? Day. You know, it's almost like uh, there's certain guys in this business that are literally kingmakers. If they take you under their wing, they can they can move mountains because a lot of people have talent. You know, it's just getting with the right people. It's it all goes back to you know the old saying: "It's not what you know, it's who you know." That's right. And you know, it's like I tell you, I met Brian O'Connell. It's a weird story. So I was out with uh, I was doing like after parties for Nelly, and then then I went to Jason because I met Jason. In 2010, at a bar called uh, Taboo Ultra Lounge in the MGM and Grand, the MGM Grand Garden. Yeah, and you know they sent us my our tour, tour schedule for the next year. Well, out on the hip hop tours, we would get hotels and stay. Then we drive the next day, and um, so we were in Lubbock. T- oh, sorry, Tulsa, going to Lubbock the first show of the year, and a bus calls two o'clock. I was like, bro, I'm good. One thirty, we're back. There wasn't a bus in that parking lot. I was like, oh shit. Knocked on a bus when he had the blue flames and pity opens the door and says, hey, I'm DJ Silver. Can I go to Texas with you. <laughs> and that's how I met BLC that night. Wow. Yeah. Well, you never know, man. So you uh, you kind of got your start out in Vegas, right? Uh, yeah. I've been yeah. playing Vegas for, man, yeah. 12, 13 years full time in Texas, Florida, Boston, Atlantic City. I mean, we've been touring a lot. What's your philosophy about how you approach doing your sets and doing your show? And do they vary? I'm sure they vary from from type of genre to genre. But even the venue situation can change the way you approach sure. what you do. So g- give me a rundown of, of how you look at it, how you evaluate, and, and how you choose your songs from time to time. Well, I, I you know, I made one, you know, at one time I went into a club and I preset my set. And I felt like I let the crowd down completely. Really? So I, I've never preset another one. I so you just go on the fly and, and feel what you... I ignore mean, the Lord leads you. I mean, I, t- I say that everywhere. I got a skeleton list that I know that's going to work. Yeah. Like we go to Boss, and I know I've got to play um, Sweet Caroline. If we yeah. go to Columbus, Ohio, and I got I know I got to p- play like Hang On Sloopy or something. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But, um, and I just try to, I just go with the gut feeling. And, and if they don't like it, it's two and a half minutes, man, we can do something else, you know? Yeah. Uh, do you uh, do you have things categorized by genre? I mean, so oh. you can kind of go to things quick. Yeah, it'll, it'll say new country, old country, country drops, new hip hop, hip hop drops, new house, Las Vegas, Miami, Turks and Caicos, the Bahamas, Boston. It'll, when you when you build beats in, do you do all that stuff yourself? You yeah, build your own yeah, beats? Yeah, absolutely. How long does it take you to build a beat? Uh, depends if the Lord's with me. Yeah. Ten minutes, you know, if the devil's fighting you a couple days. Yeah, yeah, you know how it goes. So, give me some of your background. Where'd you grow up? Yeah, I'm still working on that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I was born in Dallas, Texas, and yeah. uh, uh, my past, my grandfather passed. Went to Arkansas. You know, we talked about that earlier. Uh, about sixth grade, I graduated high school there. 
Uh, in sixth grade, that's pretty nice. Yeah, yeah. I was the smartest dude in Arkansas <laughs> in sixth grade. <laughs> we don't we don't go past grade twelve. Yeah, no. Grade eight, man. Right, that's when we shut down. We stopped counting. <laughs> Ran out of fingers on one hand. Yeah. Uh, we graduated there. I uh, went to college at uh, North Arkansas Community College, and I went to Williams Baptist College. Um, and as soon as I could get out, I went back to Texas. Yeah. Spent most of my life in Austin, then and got the record deal and moved to Nashville. So you did you get a record deal as an artist or? Uh -huh, yeah, first DJ to ever get a record deal through really? country uh, Sony. So what were the terms of the contract? What what were you doing for? I uh, three record deal. Just um, so I, long story short, I mean if 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 there's ever a Nashville story, I kind of feel like I could write a good book on this. We come to Nashville. Never been to Nashville. The hype, the the belief, the music row, the feeling. You know, I was like with met a guy named Chance. He was like, I'm gonna show you around. We go down music row and. And I was like, what is that? And he was this, this. And we went past, place, went past the place, sorry, went past the place called Warner Chapel. Yep. And I was like, Jesus Christ, let me out. I just want to go look. Well, we walked in and walked up the stairs. I was just looking at all these gold plaques, ran in. person, Chris Stacy walked up and I said, I got this idea. Here's what I do. And they're like, all right, here we go. Went to this office. I said, 10 minutes, 10 minutes, the gospel. I'll give you 10 minutes. Turned into four hours. Really? The, the head of the record label walked in and goes, can you do this? Puts his old-ass iPod down, bro, the big ones. And it was Dust on the Bottle mixed with Jaquan Tipsy. And I said, yeah, I did that. That's how it started. And I just kind of got the bug. And it, was, and it was nothing new to me because I was always known as the guy that would just mix country music in no matter where I was at. Because every, you know, every DJ was like, what, what are you comfortable with? What do you feel? You know, I'm an 80s guy. I'm a rock guy. I'm a hip-hop guy. And I was like... I like country music. And they're like, good luck with that. So I'd mix Alabama with Run DMC Walk This Way or Pony with something. You know what I mean? Or Jaquan Tipsy with Dust on the Bottles. Exact same song. Uh, then it kind of just kind of went from that to, you know, I started kind of getting invested a little bit more in Nashville. And um, yeah. And so and then I met a guy named Ken Madsen. He's like, we're going to we're going to do this. We shopped the record deal along and walked into Sony, uh, sat down with the whole Sony crew and said, this is where I want to be. And he said, well, we don't have an offer from Sony. I was like, well, do your job, bro. You know, and I was just naive to this whole world and come out and I put out the record called The Country Club. We did Dixieland Delight with uh, Nappy Roots, Carrie Underwood, Two Black Cadillacs mixed with Dolly Parton, um, a song with Love and Theft called Angel Eyes and, um, and a Jake Owen. Um, God, was that big Jake Owen song? Summer... I'll look it up. Barefoot, Barefoot Blue Jean Knight. Yep. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's not the typical path to a record deal. Uh, I've really never heard of anybody else in Nashville doing that, man. Yeah, I didn't know of, any different. Kind of a trailblazer, man. The uh, funniest thing, they were just like, you know, I didn't know what this whole, um, when you go out and do a show and kind of like uh, invite them out, what's it called? Like a showcase. Yeah. And they're like, we're going to do a showcase. And I was like, we are doing a showcase. You know, when I play, and I was kidding around with Ken Mats, and I said, I'll invite you to my showcase when we're playing Bridgestone Arena. You're just kind of <laughs> kidding around. I don't know any different, you know. Fast forward a year, meet Jason, play, and I sent him a text. I said, You come to my showcase tonight? He goes, Yeah, where is it? I was like, Bridgestone. Really? <laughs> yeah. What did he come? Oh, yeah. Then I fired him like a year later, but he was a nice guy. <laughs> <laughs> He's a good dude. I hope he's doing great. But he was, he, he fit the purpose of the time of my life. I just think, uh, and went over with Red Light and been with them ever since. It's been pretty amazing watching you grow and everything. It's uh, it's it's really phenomenal, man. You've really uh, done things very different from anybody else in this format. Oh, thank you, man. That's I don't very know cool, if it's man. wrong or right. I just kind of... Yeah, but you know, man, it just goes to show you that that if you have a dream and you have a vision, visualize what it is you want out of life, man, and go after it. I mean, nobody can stop you. you. Where I mean, no pisses me off. We've all, we've all been told no a lot in our lives, man. I just never believed it. I, I, always, yeah. I always believed in myself enough that I knew I was going right. to make it. And you surround yourself with people that believe in you, too. That 
that are also Absolutely. honest with you that yep. not that, that are not yes man or just but you know hey this is a good idea this is a bad idea I believe in you let's let's go with this or let's rethink this let's get it to where it needs it to be yep uh, when you uh, when you first got to Nashville. You know, uh, what year was it when you first got to Nashville? Uh, I put out first record in 2013, so 2014, 2015. It's changed a lot since you got sure to Nashville. Sure has, man. When I first came to Nashville, there was no reason to live downtown. You get a condo downtown for 250 grand, you feel oh. like you're getting ripped off. You could buy one of those uh, buildings where all the bars are in Lower Broad for yeah. $250,000. <laughs> only if we yeah. could tell the future, TL. Oh, my gosh, right. man. It's been amazing watching it change and watching the whole format grow and change, too. It's, uh, you know, um, I think music in general and, and mixing things down, you can probably understand this, too. I, I think music goes in tenure increments. Sure. And and when I say that, it's not so much the songs really might not change that much, but the production qualities change a lot. You know, if you go back to the eighties and you, you put that stuff side by side when you're when you're playing songs on the format, you know, you can kind of tell when production values change because the levels go so, up. Yeah, the, and the then so stuff stuff from if you're listening to the radio's current stuff that's being played on the radio now is so compressed and sh so hot and shoved up in the mix, there's no way to weave a song from the '80s into that and make it sound right. The levels, the the sound quality just doesn't match up. And I, I've seen it just get hotter and hotter and more compressed and louder, and and it just seems like we've lost a lot of dynamics in the music. We lost a lot of feel to it for sure. We really have. I had the same conversation with guys from Alabama at Rock the South, and I said, I want to, I want to take your old because if you play. Just say Song in the South by Alabama, yep. and you play the brand new Jason Aldean next to each other. Ooh. You have to turn Song in the South up so hot when Jason comes on, almost blows your speakers completely. Oh, out yeah. Of and I told him, I said, I don't want to change your music. I don't want to quote unquote mash up. I don't want to mix it. I want to remaster it. Let me bring your music to today and let your grandkids live on that money. Just because, you know, it's just music that, that it was there. They did it without click tracks, they did it without anything. It's, you know, it's the, Drummer catching up with the guitar player and all the kind of stuff, but the but the sound quality was just recorded in you know you tell me when that was recorded late seventies early eighties. Uh, Song of the South it would be early eighties. Alabama really started hitting in the eighties. Yeah, it's when a they bit, had their huge the, run. But I mean, if you put if you're on a dB scale from one to ten, I mean that's like a four and a half. Just but even the compression ratio, man. I mean, if you looked at everything on a grid uh, from from the the seventies and eighties, I mean you can see the peaks and valleys and everything when instrumentation comes in. Nowadays, when you look at that grid, it's solid it's, bam, it's bam, it's all up. Solid it's line. Yeah. And I remember the, when I first noticed it, Blake Shelton uh, when a Honeybee came out. Yeah. That record was the hottest record I think I'd ever heard in my life. And even today, several years later, since that's been cut, it's one of the hottest mixed records what, out what, there. Why is that? They mix it like a hip-hop record, you I think? I don't know, but it's it's just really, it's really really bass-heavy? Uh, not bass-heavy. It's just everything is shoved completely up. It's just, I don't know, it seems, I don't know. A lot in a little box? And I, I there's a lot of purists out there that, uh, you know, like, like, Jack White and people that are really trying to bring back that analog sound. But I wonder how much of the generation now don't hear or all the sonic stuff that's that's capable that is made on those records and don't care. I'll say, or let's be honest, don't give a shit. Don't give a shit. They don't they don't care. The same you know, they're listening, listening to, to earbuds yeah. and you're losing a lot of sound quality there anyway. You're never gonna get the extreme lows and and the, yeah. the sizzle and the high end or or the warmth and the body of the analog yeah. the way that we used to get and it. The all same that's people gone. that are listening to Jack White are listening to Drake. Are listening to they're they're 
their playlist is all over the place. I think everybody's like that. It nowadays, should be. And I feel bad if it's not. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I listen to everything. I mean, not really into like the hard store, hardcore gangster stuff. I mean, I but, used to be though. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I, you know, I can uh, listen to uh, uh, golly, uh, Macklemore and Lewis. Uh, I like yeah, some yeah, of they that. They were great. Stuff. Yeah, I opened I mean, that that song played right before you walked on last night. Really? Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's pretty cool. Just it's just it's a good film music. And man, I I've, lately I've got into like a lot of Toby Mac. Really, dude, so good, yeah. and you know, I guess he lives in Nashville, bias, but I think everybody lives in Nashville nowadays. Yeah. No, it's yeah, absolutely. But it was just it just songs that you hear in an elevator, and you're like, "What is this?" And you, and you shazam it, and you go home, and it's like, "Yeah, this is it." It never ceases to amaze me. You know, people get so fixated on hearing a song one way, and if you put put your producer mind to it, you know, a, a song like uh, Tennessee Whiskey, the way that George Jones did it, yeah. who would have ever believed that that uh, Chris Stapleton could have turned it into what it was? Turned into same lyric, just... completely different feel and different yeah. style song. It just goes to show you that if the lyric is strong enough, mm. there are many ways to approach a song depending on what the vision in it'll, your head it'll is. Live the test of time for sure. Absolutely. There's somebody right now karaoke in Tennessee whiskey in Nashville. I 100 percent guarantee. <laughs> oh yeah, butchering the shit out of it. Yeah, just at, the best at this time, there's a lot of people in Nashville that are tore up. Yeah, that's right. They're <laughs> jealous. <laughs> yeah, I can't start till later in the no, day. I mean, yeah. we're getting older, man. You start the earlier. Start to man. The, you know, I, I get more excited about catering than the alcohol. <laughs> Especially sometimes now, you know, like Jason switched to wine. I'm like, God, dogs and I have my friend back this year. This is great. Yeah, it's, it's that, a mellow thing. It was a progression. I'm glad we're I'm glad we're past the Jaeger and the uh, hot damn fireball. Oh shit. God, yes. Ugh. Yeah, those are those are stories for off the camera. But yeah, man, the uh, there's times where I will never forget when Fireball came out. Jason's probably gonna kill me for telling the story. We kid out. Jason got so you tried this, bro. We had three bottles of Fireball in the fridge. We're driving down the highway. All right. The next day, I just feel like worn up dog shit. Oh, it's so sweet. I man. walked on the bus and came back, and he's sitting on the stairs of the bus, head between his hands, and <laughs> he's like, "Fuck you, dude!" <laughs> I was like, "Me," you know. Mine early on, back in the nineties, before Fireball and all that stuff, it was Goldslogger. Uh, my life had been Goldslogger bad a while. Oh my god, Goldslogger would stay with you too, man. It moved through you. You did see gold in your stuff the next uh, day. Uh, I mean, no. it was bad. Hey, that, you ever have rumple mints? Oh yeah. yeah. Oh man. Rumpel's making a comeback with Rumpel oh, and water. I mean, that's no no real friend's going to give you that. Eat the lining out of your stomach. Oh, oh it's there. It's, it's gone. just it's it's. And I drank a bunch of it. Oh, it was it was so. the thing. I wasn't mad at it. Jaeger was another one. And I got to tell you, I'm good at drinking Jameson to the part where it's scary. You know, I just take the lid off. What are you mixing with? Personality? You know, what are you, what are you mixing it with? Uh-huh. You know, it's a uh, it's awful hard not to uh, succumb to the temptations of the road, and and yeah. it's all it's all part of the culture out here with country men. Alcohol is everywhere. It's yeah. at every industry event. It's it's everywhere you go, it. it's handed to you. You just, just got to learn to keep it. Just not a big drinker, man. I got to the part where we were, we were drinking every night, and and everybody's always been. You know, everybody has to alter ego. And everybody's like, dude, I was messed up last night. Did you see silver? You know what I mean? I was like <laughs> about a month and a half straight of that. I was just like. Well, we're alive. We're not in prison. Let's just relax a little bit. When uh, when your friends give you a name for your alter ego that shows up when you get tore up, you know you got you know a problem. And I have a few friends. I do I have one? Junior, do I have – what do y'all call me? Yeah, to your face? <laughs> what do y'all call me, man? Hammered drunk. <laughs> it's never been
I'll TL, he's hammered. Yeah, you don't go over there, man. He's going to smoke all your cigarettes. Hey, I miss those days, though. I miss those days sitting on a couch, eight, eight dudes deep, just spilling liquor at each other, just laughing. Oh, or getting the tequila out of the freezer and just doing shot after shot after shot. After I, was, shot. I was up at 4 o'clock this morning riding the big wheel around yeah. the parking lot. <laughs> man. And having a great time. Until great security said. Son, no. We were going no. to go to the lake. Joel, Joel our, our monitor guy, he's like, Junior, get up. Let's go to the lake. I was like, all right, dude. So I got out of the bunk, and we're going towards the lake. And uh, the security guard just got out and said, just stop. No. <laughs> so we sat there and talked to him for like an hour and a half. That's it was the best funny. part of the trip. <laughs> One person that doesn't want to be there. That's the guy you're hanging out with. He was cool. He just needed somebody to talk to. Lonely, miserable. <laughs> like that Maytag repairman. Yeah, right? <laughs> oh, man. This has been really cool, man. Uh, Jason's production is tremendous. Yeah. Uh, he loves you, man. I love you. We've been too, talking man. about this since the day we put the tour schedule together. And the guys in the band, man, they're so gracious, yeah. man. I feel very welcome when we got out here this weekend. That's yeah, where we So the funniest thing about last night, so it's, I got with, now that I know his name is Opie, not uh, Tommy. Yeah. It took me all day to find Opie because I don't know who the hell it was. <laughs> and, uh, and I was like, all right, when you're ready to go, just tap me on the back, bro. So let's roll. Every band guy walked on and tapped me on the back and hugged me. And I was like, that's the issue. I didn't know when to quit, when to quit playing. I said, somebody just need to talk to. We're just going to go until we got to stop. <laughs> but it, no, it was just like a natural fit. It didn't feel like first day of tour for y'all. No, not at all. It felt like we'd been here forever. The crowd was great. And man, we, we do our business and get out of the way. Get it. But what have we done? We've done Tidal Wave together, Faster Horses mm-hmm. together. We've done a lot of festivals this summer together. We have. Uh, O'Connell's been good to us. We've, BLC we've, loves we've you, made man. the rounds, man. I don't know if there's a better human. If I ever do write a book, BLC's again his own. You know, but we go way back. I mean, when he was starting off in the, out in the 90s, man, I mean, we, he and I talked when we were out at Dirk's thing a little while back, that Seven Peaks Festival. And, Colorado. you know, we were just talking about, you know, the old memories and the people from back then and how much the business has changed. But they've Live Nation's done some tremendous stuff. I mean, they're yeah. they're massive just the way that they approach everything. You know, we, uh, we were up in, uh, um, what's it called, uh, Bethel. Uh, New York, uh, we're in the Woodstock. We were did the, the Woodstock up there, and uh, it's it's just amazing to to look back and see where all this craziness started. That was kind of the birth of the fair and festival season and the the three day event and people yeah. camping out and stuff. It had its issues, but you know those guys really thought through everything that they could possibly think of. Man, it just got out of hand. Well, there's, there was no blueprint. There was no Rhino Con. No. It was a there was no Live Nation festival crew. That was just like, hey, you know what? Be cool. Let's get a bunch of people out here in the stage and some music and get really drunk and do some drugs we probably shouldn't do. You know? <laughs> and, <laughs> and, turn and it to 10. Uh, yeah. And waddle around in PCs uh, all day. Oh I bet I've watched that documentary a hundred times. Oh, yeah. The uh, 99 Woodstock. Yeah, I was watching that yesterday, it. and it was like, holy crap. I'm just un- amazed at how bad it got. Kid Rock and Limp Biscuit just coming out and just... DMX, y'all remember DMX? Mm-hmm. What's my name? <laughs> but uh, I, I mean, it's just you know, I, and I actually asked Kid Rock about Woodstock, bro. Yeah, I mean, he come out and he with little Joe C with him, yeah, yeah. and it was just, the whole thing was great, man. It was just it's something you can watch. It's like that movie Forrest Gump. No matter where you catch it, you get you just feel like, yep, I know this. Let's just watch it from here. So you've been out here long enough, and and using that as a reference point. Yeah. You've, you've stood in front of some pretty massive crowds mm-hmm. at many different times of the day through mm-hmm. multiple festivals. What's the craziest shit you've ever seen? Crazy. Um, Country's not near as crazy as that. I mean, that's yeah. a little bit more subdued, but there's still some idiots out there. I will tell you, probably the only time <laughs> I've ever had to, like, been told to calm down because we're, lo- we're losing a little bit of the crowd is getting a little, little to the verge of just total fucking chaos. Yeah. Watershed. I was playing just 
just doing what I do, man. The crowd, I just feel the crowd, it's feel the awesome. energy. And I walk up and say, hey, bro, we need you to calm down a little bit. And I was like, what? Yes, we wow. made it. But it was at the point where it's like that crowd was never going to turn violent, but it was to the part where it was, I mean, people pushing to the front, people getting, you know, carted out. And it was, um, uh, that was one, uh, um, I mean, most of these festivals, faster horses, turns up. You yep. know, the after parties at Watershed are bigger than most festival parties during the day. I've seen stages fall in, you know, it's a, it's a body surfing to, uh, you know, and I encourage it, bro. You know what I mean? If you don't mind your butthole getting played with, you should do it too. Let's <laughs> go. Uh, to each his own, I guess. That's right. <laughs> and there's still nothing after 20, thank the Lord, I think I've been doing this professionally 23 years, just traveling the world. There, I can't wait to get on the stage tonight. There's nothing like that spotlight coming down in your eyes and, and just knowing. I tell everybody, if I, so I play 30 minutes in front of Jason, between you and Jason. It's the only 30 minutes of my life that I control every part of. I don't have somebody wearing your phone out. I don't have a kid screaming, tell me to put on YouTube. I don't have dude crying because there's three chicken nuggets on one plate and four on the other, you know, or, oh, yeah. or mama wanting you to do something. It's just those are the only time. It's, it's, it's full chaos, but it's full like I control it. I can tell you enjoy what you do. I mean, just over the years that I've seen you, I know how passionate you are. Was there ever the thought of doing anything else? What was the other path? Well, I will tell you, um, I went through some hardships, just like we all did, whatever. I lived in a storage unit outside of Nixon, Missouri. Lived in an old office of an old storage unit. Lost everything, identity theft, square zero, ground zero, whatever. Not a penny in my bank. My car got repossessed. I called my buddy Steve Veggie. Steve Veggie. I said, Veggie. I need 350 bucks. He's like, for what? And I was like, they're going to take my car. We don't. I worked two and three jobs a day, like $50 jobs so I could eat. And, you know, and, and it was that moment I said, I'm either going to be broke and do this or I'm going to be very successful to do this. I'm not saying I'm successful, but I, we, I don't live in a storage unit anymore, you know? Yeah. But, and it was just at that moment, it was like, now it's the time to figure your life out. You're going to, it's been, you've tasted it. It was a little easy. You've done you were at the, you just left the Staples Center and just did the X Games ten in L A. You know, you were traveling the world. And it's like you took a lot for granted. Now it's just God checking you a little bit, you know. And, and to this day, even before the pan, pandemic, I would tell you know BOC I was like, I can't wait to do this today. We get to do this. One percent of us get to do this. And it and I still feel that today. We're going to walk out on the stage with however whatever many people are at the show tonight. You know, thank God it's Aldine. We sell out every night. Yeah, take the we out of this. Jason sells out every night. But uh, it just you know, no matter what your issues are, whatever, the minute that put those ears in your head and the spotlight hits you, just, just, it's my happy place, you know. What do you do uh, in your off time? Hang with kiddos, you know. Yeah. Got to work. Not a golfer, not a fisher. I, I picked up the bug, me and I was talking, we were talking with FaceTime with Jelly last night. We played at some celebrity pro am a couple weeks ago. And, and I, there must, everyone else must have been busy because they called me. But I, <laughs> but, but we played and I kind of got the bug back a little bit. But, I mean, what you know what it's like? You're home. I'm gone 250 days minimum a year. When I'm home, I just want to go home. I understand. I don't travel. They're like, let's go to Europe this year. And I was like, Fuck, fucking what? <laughs> let's go to College Grove, Tennessee for a weekend, you know? Yeah. Just to stay home and sit on the couch or the recliner and just watch a little freaking TV. Just cut up with your daughter, you know? She's to the age now. She's three. And when she gets five, she's going to want nothing to do with me. And like, you know, like speaking of kids, it's like I've raised my son Wake through FaceTime. You know, we got, you know, we talk every day. He don't know me being gone. He, it's all he knows. Yeah. But Davis, when she was born, it was the pandemic. Even though I was still playing, I never stopped in the pandemic. 
I went to Florida where God likes people. <laughs> but, uh, but, uh, yeah, but I was with her a lot more. Now when I leave, she's like, are you leaving again, Dad? Why do you leave me so much? I'm having to have those conversations like, baby, do you like these toys? Do you like <laughs> You like your car, your mom's driving it. You know what I mean? It's like my, my wife does very well, so that's not like very fair. But I just like try to explain to your kid. It's like if you like, you know, if you don't want to run for your life like I did in South Dallas after school every day, you know, <laughs> if you like in these little private schools in Williamson County, Tennessee, your daddy got to work, you know? Yeah, but but they, you know, they don't have anything to gauge it off of. Yeah. I mean, we, we see that perspective and we want to yeah. give them the best of, of yeah. everything that we yeah, can provide absolutely. for them. But, you know, they're going to grow up and they're they're going to hate you for different reasons anyway. Yeah, it's going to happen. You know, somebody asked me the other day, it's like, why do you want to leave your legacy? Yes, facts. Why do you want to leave your legacies, your kids? Probably the toughest question anyone's ever asked me. It's straight put me on the spot. I was like, fuck, you know? And I said, you know what? No matter what we did, what I haven't done, or what you think I've done, or what we get to do, I just want them to say, you know, your daddy was nice to me. Daddy's a good dude. Yeah. And that's all I ever want him to say. And it's to the age now where I can bring Wake out on stage and he'll come out on the thrust, a faster horse in front of 50,000 people and just own it. You know what I mean? <laughs> and it's just, he's starting to see what I do a little bit. But, uh, you know, but he he's, man, can I go play Minecraft? I'm like, yeah, bro, go ahead. You know? Yeah, and it'll change as I get older, man. Yeah, I, just, I just hope I'm still doing it by the time he figures it out. You, you know? think you'll be doing it that long? No, no. <laughs> you don't know? <laughs> My five-year plan is buying an island and doing a bunch of drugs <laughs> I can't afford. <laughs> well, you know what Wikipedia says about you. You ain't far away from having the resources <laughs> to do all that. homie. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I just, I just want to be to a part where it's like a... I can give my kids a life and not have to worry next weekend about it, yeah. you know? But at the end of the day, it's like, I still love doing what I do, you know? And I can't wait to play Vegas again. I love playing in Miami. I just, I love playing house music. I love playing country. I tell everybody I live the best of both worlds. I travel with arguably the biggest country superstar in the world every day. Then I play the biggest house nightclubs on the entire planet every night. And it's just, uh, I mean, it's just, it's like some, the music possesses me. I don't know, you know? It's like, I may look like a complete fool. You know, I think I look like fucking Chopin up there, you know, but I'm sure I you know, look like a beach fucking whale up there. But it's like, it's, I really love what I do. And I think the people around me can feel the energy when I when I do play. Well, confidence exudes out of you. It's yeah. like jelly roll, man. Just uh, let it out, baby. Just, just let it out. Just Jelly's the best human, man. We talked often. <sighs> I just love that guy, man. I, he's a guy I can call right now. He answers. It's just I love the guy. You know, I, I wasn't real familiar with him, but uh, having an opportunity to sit and get to know him when he's, he's sitting infectious. in that seat, he really is, man. He's, yeah. just, he's been through a lot. Uh, he's overcome a lot of adversity in his life, yeah. and he's become very successful. When he cool. was on the front page of the Tennessean, man, yeah, I'll man. never forget. <laughs> he, goes, he goes, man, you got the newspaper? I said, I haven't had a newspaper in 20 years, bro. He goes, I'm on the front page of it. You know what? I went and bought a copy of the damn Tennessee that day. Not bad from kid from Antioch, you know. It just... I think that was one of his three wishes to be on the, on the front That's page. what he told us. I think it was. <laughs> three wishes. <laughs> yeah, three of them. That was not the cover of the Rolling Stone. I won't be on the front page of the Tennessee. Oh, no, that's amazing. You know, everybody goes in goals, you know, and I, it's funny you say that. We're talking about that. It's like, when I came to Nashville, I was like, I want to play CMA Fest. I want to gig with Zach Brown. I want to do this, you know. And, it, and, you know, you look back, it's like, I thought those those goals were so just unattainable and unreachable now and I'm like why did I say I just want to gig with Zach Brown why didn't I say George Strait you know what I mean that was my first gig in Nashville when I they called me I lived in Austin uh, Steve Ford and Herb Wolsey called and said we got Strait's 25th anniversary party at a bar, a bar called Losers I was like I'm in bro they got me a plane ticket and everything and, and freezing cold I think it snowed that night and I DJed on the patio before it had a cover but that was my first gig in Nashville was Strait's 25th anniversary party wow yeah 
Boy, talk about a phenomenal career he's had. And I love Irv, man. God, uh, two of the best humans. I, him and Steve, man, I've known them for right. so long. I, I talked to like, 40 oh, every day. We talked about you last night, as a matter of fact. Really? Yeah, I was trying to get you on an I'm scared. Place. I'm scared to ask. <laughs> no, it's like, I, we were, were doing the, the schedule for NFR. Like we, Mitchell Tenpenny, Jelly Roll, we Shenandoah, Randy Hauser. And I was like, yep. let's bring TL out. I didn't know you are already playing out there for NFR. Yep. And I was like, well, I'm asking him tonight. He was like, all right. Yeah, uh, I think I'm out there the Tuesday uh, of the second week of NFR. I think that's when I'm there. We're, we're playing the hard, the the Nugget. Playing the Gold, gold Nugget, yeah, yeah. 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 So we're over at uh, Resorts World at Doghouse. Yep. It's, uh, yeah, this is a... It's crazy to see how big NFR is getting. You know, I'm doing PBR this year too. It's it's good to see Vegas kind of open up again, man. We did a we did a couple of shows out there, man, when, during the yeah, pandemic. It's it tough. Was, it was it's tough. It man. was tough, you know. Yeah, masked up and I just hate it, locked man. off. There's what's you know you're you're doing everything you can to keep people from having fun, but having a having existence. And the, I always tell people we, we live in the South where God likes people. So going there <laughs> and seeing that, you're just like people really taking this serious you know? uh, they're taking it real serious and i you know i know we all lost people i mean we lost our friend joe diffie yep. uh but he really died it, the ventilator killed him I, I don't think covid killed him I, I i think it was just a lack of understanding exactly how to deal with all of it my daddy was in the same same thing he went to it was christmas and he spent christmas and new year's and i said daddy listen you got to fight that ventilator bro yeah. You got to fight because the infection it causes in your lungs and you're not a healthy dude. You got to fight that ventilator. Oh, Joe had a heart attack. That's yeah. what killed him. Yeah, they yeah. put him on a ventilator and laid him on his Last back. Last time I got to hang out with Diffie was at the Carolina Country Music Cruise. Remember that? Were y'all on that? The Carolina Country Music Cruise. I, I never did that one. I, I did one right before the pandemic, like the January before the pandemic started, and it was a country music cruise. And I was with Alabama. It went out of Florida, though. We, we I mean, we got lucky. Noel and, and, uh, and uh, which Haggard was that? Haggard? Noel Haggard was out there. And uh, Marty ben, was there. Ben. Noel and ben. ben Haggard were on it. Yeah, I mean, everybody, Wade Hayes was on it. It was a whole lot of fun. Bro, we yeah. left out of Charleston in hurricane season. They came to our rooms and handed us gaff tape or whatever and told us just to tape our doors down because we're going through some rough winds, rough, rough waters. I'm like, gaff tape. Bro, tape. Yeah. Bro. I don't want to be on the ocean during hurricane. We got to the Bahamas, and I'm looking at flights out of the Bahamas. How much just to get me, get me back to Miami, bro? How much? And I'm telling you what, when they come through the Caribbean, man, they can tear some stuff up. Yeah, they, they, yeah, they do. They got that's a, so uh, all my wife's family's from Florida. Yeah. So when the hurricanes come, they come to Nashville. And I mean, there was one year, I mean, just we had a mass shooting. We had three hurricanes. I had a baby. My mother-in-law stayed at my house for nine and a half damn months. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Oh, Jesus Christ. And so <laughs> get to know her. she sends a text message and another hurricane's coming in. She goes, John, you ready for a hurricane party? And, I, and I'm on this group text with her and and her dad, <laughs> I respond, I'd rather give you $100 for toilet paper and water and tell you to hunker down, Tina. <laughs> My wife didn't speak to me for like four days. <laughs> and I was like, I can't have your mother-in-law just moving in with us again. <laughs> well, you know, you need to start thinking about building that extra wing on. No, don't encourage That's it. why they call them a mother-in-law. No, don't encourage court. it. Don't encourage it. Court. Like, we want to move to Florida. I was like, I want to live like in Jupiter. She wants to live in like Dunedin because mama lives in Dunedin. I was like, I will live in Jupiter so she can call before she comes and goes home. I mean, <laughs> That's where we differ, you know. Yeah, you know, I don't need help that bad. <laughs> so that's why we don't have that beach house yet, too. In laws can be fun. Man. Oh, I love them. they're they're funny. Batshit crazy is the correct term for my mother in law. So, do you have any kids that uh, aspire to do what you do? Do you, have, do you have a lot of kids that come up to you that are that? Yeah, want to go down this path. I do, and it's 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 I I don't know if the way that I did things was always the right way, but it's how it was comfortable to me. Yeah, and it, and and it was now you see when we started this. I was the only DJ out on a country music tour. Oh yeah, you were the you were it. Yeah, and it was like we caught a lot of feedback. I mean, the 
Twitter trolls are rolling, you know what I mean? And it's not now it's so cool to see every festival tour show, they all have a DJ come in. And I'll tell you one of the coolest things that it when I put up country mixes on SoundCloud, you'll get old in SoundCloud. Yep. I would put hashtag DJS country because there's no hashtag for it. DJ Silver Country. It's now a subgenre on SoundCloud. Nice. DJ, they, everybody think it's DJ's country. No, it's DJ Silver Country. So when you post these mixed, and I'm sure that you you put a lot of these full edited things that you do up on iTunes and and you download them. How's, how do they how do they divvy up the royalty ratings on that? I mean, like if you put put a Dolly Parton with this one or ever, I'm sure that do. Oh, you, in, in country, it's still backwards as as it all comes. You can, as you can imagine, everybody everybody still gets played. If you like that Dolly Parton, you're talking about carrying into it. All the original players got paid. All the original royalty, it just recycled the money. And that's and the best part about country music. There is no subgenre for remix. So if I were to take one of your songs and just redo it, I mean, it's like you're putting a brand new record out, and 100 percent of all royalties musicianship, guitars, singing, everything is paid the exact same way. Really? Yeah. So you don't really get a cut off of it? Well, so now it's easier to get a flat fee. Somebody would just say, here's five grand, knock this record out, you know, I'll keep it complete. I've done but, it. But when you post those and it goes up on the platform, you don't get paid for the 99. You don't get a piece of the 99. Yeah, so I just take a flat fee and get out and let you make your money. I didn't do it. I, all I did oh. was brought it back to the world, you know? And, and, and you would be amazed to the number of records that are probably on the radio that I've probably done. Just took a buyout. Wow! And just because when you hear right. something and it just doesn't have any balls, or just what's it missing, or and we'll just mess around with it and send it back. So are those derivative works, or why well, you said you take the flat fee? So I guess it wouldn't be a derivative yeah. work, kind of. Like I mean, I, I took a few where it's just like my country club, the, the first record country club, but twenty two on iTunes. I never made a penny from it. Not made a dime. Yeah. And that's why I'm just like I'm just gonna take. Just pay me a fee, and I'll yeah. get in and do it. But it's also propped you up and, and give you a lot of this live stuff, too. Oh, I mean, sure. So Absolutely. That, that does have a and it was, And it was a – I don't know if labor loves right, but it was something I said that they said I couldn't do. And I said, shit, watch me. And they're like, what's the budget? I said, budget for what? I mean, all I need is a laptop and maybe a cheeseburger. Maybe Coca-Cola every once in a while, bro. What you got? I don't I don't need these huge studios. No, well, it's amazing. You can do everything on a laptop now. I mean, that's it. You well, know, I got two back there that I could I could cut a record on right now. Yeah. You know, and uh, you know, I've You run Pro Tools or Logic? I use uh, Ableton and Pro Tools. Okay. Um, to the part where, you know, I have a team now. You know, I've got I've got a guy in uh, San Francisco that does digital and all creative. I got a guy in Vegas that helps me with all the levels and pushing the mixes out. Got a guy in Nashville that we man, the guy's got Grammys. We we produce together day by day. Um, I, it's just I, I and it, so on good terms, really busy, but bad terms, I'm a little too busy to get to all this sometimes. And so I just say, hey Ray, I need this. Lou, I need this. Dave, what do you think about this? You know. Well, being out on the road so much can get pretty grueling. I'm sure it cuts yeah. into a lot of your uh, creativity a lot too. It, it doesn't, and what people don't realize you get out here. I, I don't ride on the road well. I never have, man. It's always been a struggle for me because there's too many distractions. It's too much going I need, on. I need to. When I go home, I have to have a schedule time. Are you the it's 10 a.m. Like, writer guy? That yep, has, I'm that guy. So I got I my am. schedule when we ride. I was like, so we set at 10 o'clock. I'll have a beat guy coming at 10. Another dude come in at 11, get something circulating. And I was like, bro, you got two hours and this is going off the rails, man. I'm going to come in with a, a hook or something in my head. They're like, you know, we, we, we did a, I did a record called Corners. You know, I wanted it to be all the corners of my mind, hip hop, house, country, 
vibe, chill. And I walked in and it was like, what are we writing today? I was like, rubber band money, bro. We wrote rubber band money. And then we, then I wrote the the song Young Americans that, that uh, Colt Ford and um, Charles Kelly cut and uh, just got paid. And I wrote that one. And that was the same day. You know, it's just sometimes when, you, when it rolls, it rolls. But I, if you, you tell me 10 o'clock in the morning, I'm just like, oh, you know, but three o'clock in the morning, the Lord talks to you, just get up and go, you know? Yeah. Like uh, um, Made to Do, I wrote that in New York LaGuardia Airport. And I text my guy and I said, here's my idea. Just let's get a let's get a let's get, lay a beat down and i'll be i'll see you tomorrow you have know? you had any stuff uh, uh shopping any stuff for movies or anything yet um every once in a while i'll get a check for, i don't know where from and it said it's been in a tv commercial <laughs> or a movie that's cool yeah i'll, I'll take it yeah. but i it's something i would like to look into i don't i don't know enough about it or i don't i don't think i have the right person in my life to push that knows those people maybe i don't know you know I'm sure there's a lot of placement for all that stuff. I yeah. mean, there's something, I and and the movie situation has expanded so much. You know, everything used to be Paramount or MGM or whatever. Now you've got Netflix and Hulu and all doing this all this original content and stuff. There's so many other platforms. There's out people there. that make a living by just making Absolutely. jingles and just like uh, music beds. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So maybe that I, something I'd like to look into for sure. I That's just, pretty cool. Uh, you know, like I said, we're just gonna check, and I, you have no idea what what it's for, and then it'll say uh, commercial and whatever zimbabwe <laughs> i do i did walker texas ranger like in 1999 and i sang uh uh what was it uh there was some song that i sang i get, I get checks for like 39 cents oh yeah yeah it's <laughs> awesome yeah back in the day Rod's checks used to be pretty nice now you're just yeah. like i'll get to it next tuesday when open mail you know what i mean yeah, it's like yeah that's awesome well man it's been really good visiting with you same man uh, you guys glad you're here Socials any place? You got a question? I got one question. Yeah, man, I've been wondering about this. Your, your personality is so positive, and you just you have this aura about you. What is it that you enjoy the most about what you do? Like, why do you do? I, what I what mean, do you do the it's most? The fellowship. I, I believe that we are a blessed group of individuals that get to do this for a living. And no matter what bullshit's in your life or whatever, at the end of the day, we play music for a living. And we, whether we know it or not, I feel like one song to us or or. Even though you won't see, paint me in Birmingham in the Kia G, so I can join you. <laughs> somebody in the back is having a memory that come, that evokes out of their body that. You know, anytime that question is asked, I think of the great Burt Reynolds: the money, the fame, and the glory. Mostly That's the it. money. That's it. That's it. You know, but it's just you know what it's like though. You, you're sitting there singing, and whatever. You know, it's just like there's a million truths in this world, but whatever the truth is to you, you know, when when you start singing a song. And or you play a song and look out and somebody out there is having the best time. And there's always some girl crying, fighting with her boyfriend there. And there's always somebody, there was somebody in full tears that whatever was that's your daddy's song or whatever that is, music is a memory and that memory hit the soft spot in their heart. And and just the fact that you have that power at any given time that you don't even know. It's not a not something you could plan in your life, but something that you have an influence over one person out of 35,000 people staring at you. One person was like, thank you. That's yeah. all it is. Even though you got the 10 people calling you an asshole, but it is what it is. You, know? <laughs> you knocked that out of it. I knew he'd knock that out of yeah. it. Absolutely. Yeah, it's easy. That's man, great. thank you for your friendship. I, you guys. Thank you. I always enjoy being around you. You're such yeah. a positive guy, so my man. My favorite stories are with you, man. Well, I appreciate it. <laughs> and we that. cannot say on this podcast. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Kind but of we're going to make more. It's going to be great. I love it. No, but I do appreciate you guys. And you guys coming out here is something we've all looked forward to. And, and honestly, it, it was needed out here. And it well, pulled the crew together. And don't don't think the catering is this good. We just doctored up the first day. Y'all. <laughs> Yeah, it's all going to shit from here. Just remember. Bologna sandwiches. <laughs> you know, well, tomorrow we have to go to Banger, so, yeah. you know. Yeah, get yeah. you a copy of the Banger Daily. <laughs> Can't wait. <laughs> Love you, brother. Take you care. You too, buddy. DJ Silver. Yes, sir. Yeah.